Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Welcome to episode 252 of the AFTN podcast. I am failed WFC2 trialist Joe DC. <laughs> I'm joined by the voice of TSS Rovers and UBC Soccer, calling in from Surrey. He hates teams that copy the Viking clap, Gideon Hill. <laughs> hey guys. And also, the tallest man I know, he is actively mourning the death of the false nine, Nicholas Ruprecht. <laughs> it's not dead yet. <laughs> I read an article today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to start our show like we start our show every week. I think we've all had enough summaries of what happened in Atlanta, but we, we just need a little bit more. So we're going to cover the game in our own unique way. Complete the sentences. I have three sentences, and you guys have to complete them for me um, and fill them in with your thoughts. So sentence number one, Ismail Elfat is a blank. Gideon. Ismail Elfath is a referee. Okay. <laughs> Neutral. Factually correct. I, uh, I, I, I chose to bite my tongue on that one, so let's Good. just go with that. All right, Nicholas. Ismail Elfath is a... Star player for Team Yellow. Okay. He took over the game with a bold decision. <laughs> okay, I said Ismail Elfath is a crowd pleaser. Uh, if you listen to the okay. previous AFTN show... Um, Michael McCall has a, written an article on his home bias. Um, I think that was the conclusion of the article. That's the conclusion I drew. Anyway, okay, uh, qu- sentence number two. Eric Hurtado should blank. Gideon. Eric Hurtado should keep his haircut. Mm. <laughs> Certainly not, not the worst haircut we've seen from e If he goals, keep it. I mean, yeah, what, what else can go wrong? Nicholas, Eric Hurtado should play more away games. Okay, good. We'll talk about the home versus away thing mm-hmm. later. We can constantly come back to this yeah, every week. Uh, Eric Hurtado should get more props because he has like the highest goal per game percentage or goals per minute percentage or goals stat. per minute. Yeah, for the yes. for the team. Um, not that he gets a lot of minutes, but anyway. Um, <laughs> number three, the best part of the game against Atlanta was blank. Uh, I would say Martinez's hat trick. Uh, full credit to him. Okay. That was uh, a good. How dare you? <laughs> in, in this house. Okay, Gideon. 
The best part of the I'd game against it. Atlanta was? Uh, Martinez missing all those penalties, or empty nets rather, or the Chick-fil-A at the stadium, because I know the fans enjoyed that. Okay. <laughs> I said uh, the best part was Robbo trying to hide his face in a ball. <laughs> when he, yeah. After his, so many calls went face. against... Yeah. yeah. Uh. Okay, so I think um, we've done a pretty good job covering the uh, Atlanta United 4-1 away loss for the Vancouver Whitecaps. We look ahead here at uh, AFTN Studio, a.k.a. Joe's house, to the next game. The Whitecaps' next game is a home game, fourth game of the season, against LA Galaxy. Um, There's a lot to talk about in the Galaxy. They're not exactly having the best of times, uh, especially this coming week. It's looking pretty threadbare for them. First, but they did have a bye week last week, so the players that are available will be rested. Uh, True, (laughs) but I mean... Well, I think we'll get to the list of yeah. players who are missing. I mean, that list of players is a full starting 11 anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that bye week will yeah, that's true. do them any well. Um, last week, uh, LA, well, the week, the last week that LA played, um, actually we have to say LA Galaxy right now because yeah. there's two LA teams. Yeah. Um, they lost 2-1 to NYCFC, who to be fair are looking really good this season. Supporter Shield candidate. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos got a goal. Uh, Ashley Cole got a red card. It was a four-two-three-one, and they're one and one to start the season. Gideon, any kind of things that have stood out to you about the Galaxy so far? Uh, I think they're like we've we talked about last week. They're a different team for sure than last year. I think the addition of Kamara has added a whole other dimension to their starting eleven. Although he is out uh, for the weekend with international duty, I, I still think they've added dimension and not just uh, building from the Mitchell, but they can just now put balls in the box and try and get on the end of it rather than making one twos and, and breaking to the net that way. Yeah, Ola Kamara seems to be their focal point moving forward. Yeah, but uh, he's not going to be there this week. There's so many players that are missing for the Galaxy. It's actually I don't think I've seen anything like it. The only time I can think of something similar happening was Portland last year, but mm. the Caps lost that game. Yeah, yeah. Portland yeah. missing yeah. so many players. A lot of fans on Twitter have um, drawn comparisons to that Portland game last year. But do you guys think it's kind of the same situation? Mm, I think it's a bit earlier in the season, right? That the Portland game was right towards the end, end I remember. Yeah. So, you know, there's a little, maybe there's a little less motivation perhaps at the beginning of the year, right? Yeah. I don't know. Or towards the end of the year. But I think that, yeah, they're going to be depleted. And I think the Whitecaps need to take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's a little bit different than the Portland game last year because LA were are missing at least eight key players in Portland were only missing four or five that were starters, I think, from what I, what I can remember. So, I mean, they're probably, LA's probably missing about eight of their starting 11, which is, is tough for them. So I think this LA game will be a little bit more easier than the game against Portland. But again, you can't take them lightly at any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, they still do have Boateng, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah and he, he can burn you for speed for sure. And Sebastian Legette. Yeah. But um, we'll, yeah. Go, we'll go through the list of players that, are unavailable, and the two we just mentioned are just about the only two that are still gonna are gonna play the last the last game and this game. So if we if we look at their starting lineup from their loss to NYCFC, six out of the eleven players are out. Ola Kamara is on has his first international call up with Denmark. The, uh, Norway. Norway. Oh. Sorry, he's not good enough for Denmark. <laughs> 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 um, uh, uh, Giovanni dos Santos and Jonathan dos Santos are both out. Uh, are they both injuries, or I think Giovanni DeSantis Santos. Yes, is... injuries. Both okay, they're both injuries. injuries. Um, Perry Kitchen is out. He's one of their central midfielders. 
Um, Siami in the cent- in the back line, I hope I said that right, and Ash- uh, is out with injury. And Ashley Cole is serving his one-match suspension following his red card against New York City. So, lots of big players. Oh, and Alessandrini yeah. is, has, is out with an injury, and Joao Pedro is also out with a long-term injury. Mm-hmm. The, the one um, bright... Like, the one hope they have is that uh, Chris Pontius might be back from his injury in time for this game. But mm-hmm. it is a turf game, and we know how, in the history, LA Galaxy players have avoided playing on the <laughs> turf in Vancouver. Yeah, that's um, true. So, some Home big, some big players missing, and, like, they don't have the best team to begin with. Do you think it really is just a throwaway game for the Galaxy this weekend? They might set up in that way. Like, I could see it being maybe he gives some of the academy you know, products, mm-hmm. more time to play, you know. And I don't think necessarily that's necessarily a bad thing for LA Galaxy because I don't think they're really going to be challenging for MLS Cup or anything this year. Maybe squeak into the playoffs, but I think it's a good idea. I think they're trying to get a little bit younger, like especially considering how they've been playing, but then again, they might sign... Brimovich. <laughs> Brimovich, yes. Yeah. He would be a difference maker. <laughs> he would be a difference maker. I would feel bad for Ola Kamara if they did sign Brimovich because... Yeah. It's kind of easy. Put two up front, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, they could. Yeah. Getting um, all these players missing, what do you think the atmosphere in the team is right now at this away trip? It's a tough away trip too, right? It, it, yeah, it is. And uh, I don't think LA has the best record in Vancouver either um, in the last couple of years anyways, for that matter. So I think it's not a throwaway game for LA because they still, uh, still do have a pretty strong team. Uh, they have a couple guys that can go in on the back line, and they made some good signings, depth signings as well this year with Servando Carrasco. So I think he'll play in there, and I think they'll still be a pretty strong team despite all those guys out. Like I was looking through the roster for LA Galaxy while preparing for this, and a big question came to me: Who are the difference makers? Like we think in the past, like I'm thinking, I'm not thinking David Beckham. I'm thinking more like you know Landon Donovan, Donovan. Robbie Keane, Keane yeah. like who could just turn a game on his head in a couple of minutes. They lost uh, Yellow Van Dam last season. Yeah. The guy who, oh, De Jong, the guy who like almost killed, killed a Spanish the player in the World Cup final. They lost uh, Nigel De Jong. They okay. lost um, Jermaine Jones in the off season. Like some some big reputation players. Do do this team have difference makers anymore? I think you know if you look, at Alessandrini for sure. Yeah, I think he can. He he he's been fantastic. Like when he the couple of games that you know that I've seen him in. He's a fantastic winger. You know, he can cut inside. He's got a great shot, excellent passing, good vision, can get wide, can go burn you in on the inside too. So I think, you know, maybe it kind of feels like maybe they're building the team around wingers now, perhaps more than strikers. You know, strikers, you know. And if, um, they, if they do get Ibrahimovic, they'll have a leader. And oh, a yeah. Maker, I yeah. But even Ola Kamara, you know, he's great for the MLS. He's yeah. a, a great player. Full credit to him. Uh, Gideon, who's the difference maker for you on this team? I think Nick touched on it for sure, Alistair Drini. Uh, I think for me personally, Giovanni Dos Santos is your regular. Like he, he can change games whenever, so I think he wouldn't be the guy for me. It would be Jonah Dos Santos and Ola Kamara as well. Those guys can get a ball and spread it out wider for Kamara to thumping header to, to tie or break the game even. So I think those guys for me are, are guys that change it in a second and they can really excite you with their play. Has Dos Santos met your expectations like the big DP signing, like do you think he, like has he hit his ceiling in MLS yet? Do you Giovanni think? or Jonathan? Giovanni does <laughs> Giovanni. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's done as well as 
people maybe expected him to be. Because whose shoes was he was he was filling, right? Yeah, Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane, right? Yeah. And that he was a fantastic player for the LA Galaxy. And I mean, they're not the same player for sure, but I don't think he's been able to be the difference maker that Robbie Keane has been, if I was to compare him to who he's replacing. We, we make them very good in Ireland, you know, <laughs> strikers. Pump them up, that's their goal. <laughs> you know, Robbie Keane might still be the best Irish forward, even though he's like, pretty much retired. That's a depressing thing to say. We have Jonathan Walters, for God's sake. <laughs> he's still getting cash. Um, okay, um, moving on a little bit. Siggy Smith is the coach of the LA Galaxy now. He's been playing a 4-2-3-1 this season. Uh, right away it jumped out to me, is this too attacking for a team of LA Galaxy's uh, current posture in the league, current like mm. reputation in the league, right? Do you think they should be playing something a bit more conservative? I, I don't think that they need to be playing a bit more conservative. I think he's actually playing more with what he has. Mm. He, has yeah. re- he has really good wingers. I mean, he has Alessandrini. And you have uh, Boateng as well, right? And they're not playing up maybe the middle as much as the classic, you yeah. know, LA Galaxy, Tiki Taco kind of play that they used to have. I guess my only question is, what will the front office do? Because it's LA, you can get those star, star players. Well, if you jam a star player in there, you know, I'm thinking back to some of the Jermaine Jones. He didn't really work out that well. No, you know? no. Like, so my question then, I guess, is like, I think they're going to, he's going to stick with the wing play. You know, that's what he has. That's what he can use. And I think he can do it to good effect. I mean, he's coached in the MLS for how many years now? Like a lot, a lot. <laughs> he has a huge resume, many trophies, you yeah. know, but he was in charge during their horrible season last year. Like well, most of it. yeah, I mean, yeah, it is his first full season. Did he not halfway? Yeah, right. halfway. There yeah. Was the, the other, the other guy. Halfway. Yeah, the other guy got fired pretty early. Yeah, but, you know yeah. they he, they got dealt a bad hand. To be fair, um, like the first post Robbie Keane post like big DP like mm-hmm. big big DP not just big DP yeah signings or team I should say. So with all those those players that we mentioned missing, the mig- the midfield will be a bit a little bit light, and but also the back line. They have two players missing in the back line and four pl- or three players missing in the midfield. Mm-hmm. That's probably the place the Caps could look to take advantage the most. Like, both their central midfielders that started in New York are out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm sure we're going to talk later about how uh, like the Whitecaps squad selection should, should look in that sense. So, you've heard our thoughts of the game. Um, earlier today, Michael McCall, the editor of AFTN, got in touch with Josh Gessman of the Corner of the Galaxy podcast to see what the enemy camp was going to make of this game. So I'm joined now by Josh Gessman from the Corner of the Galaxy website and podcast to talk about all things LA Galaxy looking forward to this match at the weekend. So thanks so much for doing this, Josh. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, first thing we really have to talk about, I mean, Corner of the Galaxy has been going since 2009. In that time, you, you've been used to a lot of success with the Galaxy. They've won MLS Cups, they've done well in the West every season... What was it like last season, and how did the fan base react to to the team not even making the playoffs? 
Yeah, obviously uh, in Los Angeles and, and with LA Galaxy fans, they're, uh, they're very used to being uh, at the top of the table and not at the bottom of the table. As a matter of fact, uh, the LA Galaxy finishing 8-18-8 eight, eight, with just three home wins last year was the worst LA Galaxy finish in franchise history, so that's 22 years of history that uh, went up in the smoke in 2017. So uh, it wasn't a a good reaction, as you might expect. And I think there was added pressure, obviously, because LAFC uh, was right across the street and getting ready to start up. And so I think Galaxy fans and and the Galaxy organization really sort of put an emphasis on the 2017 season. And, of course, that uh, that blew up in their face due to, I think, some poor roster construction, you know, and and some real... uh, real lack of, of leadership and direction from the front office down through uh, through the players and the coaching staff. Yeah, I know you had Kurt on Alpha and I, I have to say he, he was he's been the grumpiest coach I've spoken to in my time covering the Whitecaps. But that also goes back to when I covered WFC two and I, I spoke to him for the USL site. But you've got a, a veteran now in, in Ziggy Schmidt. People were maybe wondering would it just be to the end of the season, would he stick around? He, he's still here. From from what you've seen in the two games so far, there's been a, a win against Portland, there, there was a loss to New York City. Does it feel he's managed to, to turn this team round, or is it far too early to say that? Well, whenever Siggy came on, one of the uh, the prerequisites was that he was going to get uh, complete control over personnel. And that was something that Kurt Anolfo didn't have, and I cer- certainly think that, that uh, hurt Anolfo's legacy. Uh, with the LA Galaxy, with Pete Bainis being the general manager, and I really think that a lot of the roster building was probably uh, the lack of the front office understanding what they needed to do. And so when Siggy came in, he, he took over personnel decisions uh, without the general manager tag, but it, it's almost uh, he, he still acts that way, so I would still think that he's basically the general manager here. Um, but he brought in his son as well, Kurt Schmidt, uh, and along with Johan Karofsky, they jettisoned 15 players in the offseason, brought in about 13 or 14 players now by all accounts. Um, so they really wiped the slate clean, and that included a lot of the young talent that the Galaxy were developing. So, you know, I think they got a lot of it right. Uh, they, I think maybe they got rid of too many young players, but that's a personal opinion more than anything. And when you look at the team compared just in the first two games with any of the games in 2017, uh, 2017 was lacking depth. They had so many injuries uh, that depth was super important, and with that, with the lack of depth, they struggled throughout the entire season. Now you look at the first two games and you can see the depth is definitely there. They did a better job shoring up positions of need. Right back was a position of need. They went out and got Rolf Elcher. Uh, they got another center back in Jorgen Schelvik. Uh, they went out and got a, a defensive midfielder in Perry Kitchen. So there's been some really good additions. And, of course, one of the big ones was uh, Giassi's artist being traded to Columbus for Ola Kamara. And I think Ola Kamara really fits the style of the Galaxy are looking to play right now. So, uh, you know, in terms of what they did in the offseason, I, I give them an A on that. When you look at what they did in terms of, you know, just these first two games, it's really hit and miss. Uh, against Portland, I think they were the better team, but they also got outpossessed and outshot. Uh, but they controlled that game for a lot of, uh, a lot of the important bits, so you look at that as a, as, a, as a good outing for them. Then you go into New York City uh, without Ramon Alessandrini, uh, really the, their, the guy who creates most of the offense there. Um, and New York City playing on that postage stamp of the field at Yankee Stadium is not anything I wish on anybody. The Galaxy had a horrible first half and, and did better in the second half. Maybe the better in the second half was due to the fact that Giovanni Dos Santos got injured in the first half and that he wasn't on the field in the second half. So, I mean, it's been hit and miss. I told, uh, I told all of my listeners and all the people who will listen to me, uh, basically, 
it's going to be hit and miss the first half of the season. This Galaxy team is a, a work in progress. We don't know what we're getting yet out of any of these players. There's still question marks about the defense, about the offense, about goalkeeping. So pretty much anywhere you look, there's question marks. And I think it's sort of proven that in the one win and the one loss so far. Yeah, I mean, getting Ola Kamara, for me, was it was a huge one. I, I would have loved him here. My dream was like a Kamara-Kamara partnership up front here in Vancouver. I just think that would have been electric. He's a guy that's going to definitely score goals for the, the Galaxy this season. Now, this weekend, though, I mean, you talk about you're not really sure what you're going to get from, from the Galaxy in the first half of the season. We're not even really sure who we're going to see on the pitch for the Galaxy this weekend. R- reading your, your site tonight... Looks like 11 players could be missing from this one. Some injured, some away on international duty, some coming back from injury that probably won't get risked on on the turf that we have here. I mean, do you have an idea? Is it going to be a B team or, I mean, what's it going to be like this weekend? I, I think if the Galaxy can dress 18 players, a minor miracle happened. Um they have 26 players on the roster, just to give you an idea. Right. And now we're looking at the possibility of 11 players being gone. And you have to remember, three of the players that are on the roster are goalkeepers. Yeah. So you're down to about like <laughs> 12 or 13 players, realistically, of who you're going to be able to fit on the bench. There's long-term injury to Bradford Jamison, a concussion. You have um, an injury that may be returning with Joel Pedro, which is a hamstring injury. He may be available, but he's not a starter and I don't. If he's available, he'll probably play because they'll need all the bodies, but uh, not necessarily a huge thing. Uh, Ramon Alessandrini is still sort of day to day with a hamstring issue, so we'll see if he comes back for for Vancouver. I would say not because really the Galaxy have sort of shifting allegiances allegiances for this game. Yes, they're they want to try to pick up or steal any points they can from Vancouver, but they have a home match against LAFC, their yeah. rival on March 31st, and that is certainly probably more of a priority right now in this game, especially with all the guys. Ola Kamara won't be there because of national team duty. Uh, Emmer Clemente won't be there because of national team duty. Both Giovanni Dos Santos and Jonathan Dos Santos have hamstring injuries and will not play in this game, or at least it's unlikely that Giovanni Dos Santos plays in this game. There's some talk that maybe he'll be uh, back to training here soon. Uh, Chris Pontius is a game-time decision. So, I mean, we could go on and on, but realistically, I think of the 11 players, you might get two back max. And so you're looking at a team that has nine players missing. And that includes Ashley Cole, their captain, who got two yellow cards in the yeah. city game and will be out, uh, will be out for, for the Vancouver game for sure. So, yeah, lots of, lots of guys missing. I, I mean, the thing with the Galaxy, we know the Galaxy play exciting attacking football. And in a game like this, they're maybe not going to be able to. But then they're going up against a, a white cap side as well that like to sit back, give away possession and hit on the counter. Although at home, the, the white caps are more of an attacking team. It looks like, barring Kendall Waston, who's away with Costa Rica, it's going to be a full-strength team. Kai Kamara's back training this week. Marcel de Jong's back. If the Galaxy get a point out of this, is that going to be seen as a, as a victory? Do you think they'll sit back? Or or will they, they fancy maybe shocking Vancouver? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's certainly room for an upset here. But if you were to give the Galaxy a point right now, there might be cheering in the streets. Um, I think that if you're Siggy Schmidt, and I, I never like to see this from a coach, and certainly he's not going to tell his players this, but, I mean, you write off this game against Vancouver. Yeah. It's the beginning of the season. Yes, it's a Western Conference opponent, but it's a way. You have to win your home games in MLS, and the home game coming up on the 31st is more important than the away game right now. So trying to push anybody who's borderline back into the lineup is probably 
probably not a smart thing to do. So you're going to see a younger team. Uh, there's been some talks of perhaps Efren Alvarez, the 15-year-old uh, LA Galaxy Academy player who came who signed with LA Galaxy 2, their USL affiliate yeah. last year, and now has just been signed with the LA Galaxy, the senior team. Uh, talks that perhaps he could make a, a roster for the first time um, and maybe he could get some minutes. So if you're going to use this that way, I think that's probably the best way. Could the Galaxy come out and, and shock somebody? Sure, they could. I just don't think anybody would be expecting that at this point. Yeah, I, I remember speaking to the, the Radio Cascadia show last August when the Whitecaps were going to play Dallas, and I was like, yeah, this is a game they're they're just going to write off and kind of forget about, and then the Whitecaps put out a really fringe lineup and won 4 now and got their first ever win in Dallas. So strange things can happen, but, I mean, you've mentioned there about LAFC. Just before we kind of wind up, have to ask you about that rivalry. I mean, I, I, I love local rivals. I'm... From Scotland, I'm, I'm used to fierce local rivalry there. What's it been like in the city? Because, I mean, Chivas were never really big, big rivals of the Galaxy, but with all respect to them. But now the Galaxy really have a, a strong rival. Does, does it feel like there's a big buzz amongst the soccer community there? Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, you know, I've been asked to sort of characterise the rivalry, and, and I think the Galaxy fans have characterised it as not one yet, but they're doing that because they're saying no games have been played and that LAFC hasn't won anything yet. And I yeah. understand that, that, sort of, uh, that sort of tact from them. So, so uh, you know, I'll respect that tact. But at the same time, uh, there's a rivalry. They hate each other already. Uh, murals go up and murals go down constantly from the two. You know, there's a real sort of animosity brewing. The March 31st game is sold out, and it was sold out uh, earlier this week. So it's sold out almost two weeks ahead of time. Wow. Um, that's, a, that's a big deal for a stadium, you know, where the LA Galaxy play the whole, let's say, we'll guess right now and say 27,000 because that number moves all the time. But I'm expecting that it's anywhere between 25 and 27,000 people in Los Angeles. Um, trying to get that many people excited for a game is going to be interesting. Plus, it'll be the first chance for LAFC fans to see their team in their city. So there's obviously going to be a large influx of, of the traveling, quote-unquote, traveling fans yeah. above center as well. So it, it's going to be really interesting. Um, I think the game has a hype about it that I haven't seen since probably the Galaxy played the New York Red Bulls back in David Beckham era where uh, you know Landon Donovan went at it with, uh, I think, Thierry Henry. And so, I mean, that was a glitz and glamour and buzz around the stadium, and you can already feel that for LFC. So, I mean... If you're looking for something to make sure that the Galaxy are pushed and maybe even pulled into the into this next MLS 3.0, uh, LAFC is there prodding the horse right now, and, and I think the Galaxy are, are certainly there and talking and willing to outspend and, and do anything that they can to make sure they stay above LAFC. There's two goals now. It's always for the uh, LA Galaxy to win an MLS Cup, and now it's to make sure that they always beat LAFC as well. So it's, it's, it's a fun time, to, I think, to be, in, uh, to be watching Los Angeles soccer. Yeah, certainly is. I, I, just as an outsider, I'm really looking forward to, to these games. Just before we let you go, just to, to put you on the spot, do the Galaxy make the playoffs this season? Uh, yeah, I think they're borderline. Well, I mean, can they stay healthy? That's sort of, that's sort of my caveat right yeah. now. Stay healthy, yeah. They're, they're right on that border. I think that they're, you know, 6-5 in the Western Conference, maybe even better than that. Um, but we just haven't seen them. So if you put me on the spot, I will, I will guess yes right now, but... Uh, that ensures that they have to stay healthy. And, and so far, that has not happened this season. In two games, it certainly hasn't happened uh, with all these injuries basically all happening since the Galaxy started their season. So uh, everybody was healthy coming out of preseason, and there's uh, eight injuries right now 
that are, are two, uh, I think, about six or seven starters when you look at it. And so that's going to be the real determination of whether this Galaxy team can even play together long enough to, to start putting up wins on the board here. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for your time tonight, Josh. Just before you go, just let everyone know where they can find you online and where they can read all your stuff and, and hear the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Galaxy Podcast. That will be easy. And please head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. That's where you can find all of our podcasts, all of our written articles where we focus uh, right there on the LA Galaxy. So I, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. That's great. Thank you so much, Josh, and thanks so much for your time. So, uh, yeah, that's our, that's our preview for the LA Galaxy so far. And uh, coming up is my favorite part of the show. It is, Do You Know Who I Am? Okay, gentlemen, do you know who I am? Again, my favorite part of the show, because I have no pressure, and I get to research on Wikipedia random MLS players. Wiki drift. Easy for you, Joe. You have the easy job. <laughs> yeah. We should, we should have another podcast called the, the MLS Rabbit Hole, where you just click on links in Wikipedia, and <laughs> you know, stay inside the MLS context. That would be really good. Maybe if we have a bye week, we should do, uh, do our preview pod should be MLS Rabbit Hole pod. Let us know I what like you it. think. I like it. <laughs> okay, so um, I have found a MLS player. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rules for the for people who haven't haven't heard it before, I will give rounds of clues. So there'll be one clue, and then both players will have a chance to answer. They have to say stop in, in case stop. That they in case they answer at the same time. And the first player to guess the guess the right player wins. And if no one gets it, I win, I guess. Because <laughs> so far in the season, uh, Gideon is leading uh, Nicholas two one. Two one. Yeah. So this is our fourth game on our fourth podcast. So, clue number one, gentlemen. I was born on May 2nd, 1983 in Jutiapa. And I'm not going to tell you what country that is. <laughs> I definitely said that wrong. No guesses so far? <laughs> no guesses. I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> no guesses okay. for me. Clue number two. I used to play for the Rapids. Okay. No yeah, guesses. No guesses. No guesses. <laughs> no guesses, Gideon. No. Okay. I'm glad because <laughs> last week it was a terrible. Okay. Clue number three. I played in the Premier League for two different teams, one of which were orange. Stop. Yes, Gideon. Minor Figueroa. Damn it, Gideon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is Minor Figueroa. Um, the fifth, the fourth clue was I have won the FA Cup, and I uh, the the fifth or the fifth clue, was I scored a goal from my own half for the team that won the 2013 FA Cup. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have 146 caps for Honduras, hmm. and I am a left-back or centre-back for the F- for FC Dallas. Hmm. I am Minor Figueroa. Congratulations, Gideon. And, uh, Thank you. The season, season standings are now Gideon 3, Nicholas 1. No oh. pressure, Nick. Um, and that was this week's Do You Know Who I Am? <laughs>
Okay, so that game's out of the way. We can now look ahead to how the Whitecaps should approach this uh, home game against LA Galaxy this Saturday night at 7 p.m. Or 7.07 p.m. is the actual kickoff. Um, <laughs> so we've discussed profusely on this podcast about the Caps' different styles, home and away. I guess the most direct question for this is, is Christian Tuchera going to play? Then you, if he's playing, he's, we're probably playing at home, right? Let's yeah, start. yeah. <laughs> um, st- so stylistically, after those two road games, what do you think is going to be different? Well, I think considering how a bit depleted the LA Galaxy are, they're probably not going to come out and run at us. They're probably going to sit back a little bit deeper. They're playing more of the wings. They have Boateng, for example. I keep on coming back to him. Um, he's a great player. He is a really good... He's a very he's, low center of gravity. Every time I see him, I think, you're you're probably in Golo Kante. So you should be, <laughs> you should be playing in central midfield, but he's a wing. That's, <laughs> a, that's a great comparison. He, he does he does look like in Golo Kante. And same, like, he does, totally, low center totally. of gravity and like moves very fast off the ball mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. But he's a winger, you're right. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I think the Caps are going to need to try to bring in their more creative players to try to find some holes and try to break down uh, LA Galaxy. Who specifically do you mean by more creative players? Well, this again goes back to Chichera, yeah. right? He is, well, he also has a low center of gravity. Yeah, <laughs> he could man-mark Boateng. He, he could man-mark Boateng, maybe. <laughs> um, but, like, he, he also brings that set-piece threat that we, and I think I think LA Galaxy have conceded a, a couple times this year on maybe set pieces. I'd have mm-hmm. to double check that but yeah i think again we we can have we are good we have a great threat on set pieces i think bringing him in makes more makes sense at home um gideon what do you think about the cap style for this home game yeah i think for me personally it's uh, we play night and day away from from bc place and i think in in that sense at home uh, we we kind of hold the ball. We try to create chances from the back line up, and I think away we try to chase the ball. We we hold possession when we can, and I think that plays in the hands of of the Whitecaps as well at home. And they're a good team at home. Like I said, they like to build up. And like Nick said, I think we will see uh, a Reina in there, or maybe a Blondell or somebody like Felipe playing in an attacking role to try and create chances because there will be lots of space in the midfield as the. Uh, players for LA that'll be there aren't are necessarily built to their system or haven't started a game for them this year. I, I'm not going to lie that that Portland game last season where we played that like weak Portland team and still lost like it really kind of it left a bad taste in my mouth. But like and I'm trying I I'm one of those people who saw correlations between like what we're seeing right in the run up to this game and that game last season. So from a style style point of view, I just want the caps to go at it i just want them to like really have a lot of energy and not just you know assume that this this is going to be like a win you know i mean but usually for the first 20 minutes or so in in a lot of the home games the white caps go out and are attacking yeah if they can attack if they can like get the get the roots forward that they can yeah yeah and i mean i think in this game though we should be able to see that because i would weight that our midfield will be better than their midfield in mm. terms of quality for this game yeah. at least i would hope so like i just think you normally as nick said we like to press in the first 20 minutes of the game but in regards to this game the players that will be playing in the midfield for la or the de- uh, defensive side of things they like i said probably haven't started a game yet so i think we need to spread out the, the attacking and kind of tire them out throughout the game and not just go for it in the first 20 minutes and we be tired 
Yeah, this leads to like kind of the big, bigger tactical question as to formation. So we tried, we saw a three at the back. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> the curse of three at the, the back. Curse continue. of three. Um, we don't think it's going to be three at the back again because we don't actually have three fit center backs. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, apparently, Daniil Henry is back in training, but probably not yet They're for ready. him. I think. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? Formation. I think it has to be a four-two-three-one. Four two three one, Nick. I would agree yeah. completely. I think it could be a more attacking four one four one, but I, I do believe four two three one would be the better, better way to go. But I wouldn't be shocked if I saw yeah. a four one four one with Tybert being the the middle, the, the pivot, end. right, the yeah. the anchor. As they I say. just, yeah. I just think we need more coverage in the back right now with Zaha and Mon more of a new central pairing. That's, that's very true. Happening. Like because if on the counter attack. Yeah. They're gonna be looking for the counter. But Ahan Mund are like yeah, not they're... good defenders to counter attack. Like they they'll be. I mean, defending wise, they're not good at defending counter attacks, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't seem like the fastest. We've only had one game of Ahai, but mm-hmm. yeah. So we kind of arrived at the conclusion that Tchera will probably slot back in. But the the next big question is where does Davies play, or does he play? Is this like a Robo rotation special, and we see Davies come out? What do you guys I, think? I wouldn't mind seeing him come out. Honestly, it's, it's, uh, and I think I wouldn't be surprised to see it either because, I mean, we've been kind of hearing this from the Caps organization and Robo in particular, that he wants to not put him in every game. But he's the Caps' best player right now. Yeah, I know. But then there's that whole question of development, right? Yeah, Do you yeah. throw him in every game and then burn him out and make him, uh, what was it? Freddie Adu. <laughs> Freddie Adu. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or do you give him time and then, you know, give him time to recuperate and reflect on, you know, what can you do better for the next game? Gideon, sure. you think he'll play this week? Yeah, I, I honestly like to, to kind of contradict Nick, sorry Nick, but, you know, <laughs> I think if he's your best player and he's creating chances and he's playing not just, you know, attacking style, but he's played defensively as well with that left wing back role in the lens, I think you have to have him out there, honestly. Four games into the season, yeah, you can step him out early in the game if he gets tired. It's not a, a issue of starting and putting him on late. I think he will start and probably come out earlier in the game. But I think if he's your best player, as Nick said, you have to have him out there. But uh, for me, I think there's so many, there's so many things as we as like people who look at the team from the outside that we just don't know, right? Like things like Watts Davies' mindset right now, and like a lot of things that we take for granted like squad harmony and things like that like we don't really see what actually what actually happens right so i think it's a case of that really that like what's where's davy's head at right now is he focusing on his development enough is he like getting a little bit too over the top like getting getting too overconfident like that those are things that robo has to observe and then manage right yeah Yeah. um i think that'll that'll very much be the be the situation we're gonna have to see It'll be Robo's call ultimately, and that's the only call it should be. Um, I would like to see him play. Like he's been our best player. Not mm-hmm. like if if, oh, yeah. if no. man of the match wasn't Budweiser, he'd be man of the match like maybe two or three times this season already. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's a big, big question. We have had a question from Gareth Wolf. Um, he has two questions actually. A lot of people asking two questions. I do like it, but it's like mm-hmm. two questions. Um, Double header. Yeah. No, question number one. Do you think Robbo will take the Galaxy's depleted stays into account with his team selection and give someone like uh, Levis, David Norman Jr., or Fittis a chance to start? Gideon, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to say no. I think it's too early in the season for that. We need points at home. Okay, Nick? I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, you know, uh, some, some rotation for that. Because yeah. it is uh, going to be a weaker LA Galaxy team. Now, it, and it would be good to get some 
rotation going, I think. You know, yeah. he, they're, they're always, he's always, Rob was always talking about um, fighting for spots. Well, yeah. competition. Competition. Let's see some competition for some places, right? Yeah. I think, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it, but only from the bench. <laughs> like, I wouldn't mind seeing rotation. Like, mm-hmm. if the game's 2 0 at like the 50th minute, you know, bring fit, Fittis on, bring, bring David Norman Jr. Mm-hmm. Like, the moment David Norman Jr. takes the pitch, it's going to lift the stadium, right? Like, it'll be such a special moment for like yeah. for the club, really, not just for him and his family. Mm-hmm. So, to answer your question, Gareth, I like I think we are all okay with varying degrees of rotation, rotation but it does depend on the results. Mm-hmm. If he rotates and then, the, like, they n- draw nil-nil, like, what a huge chance missed, right? In, the, in this conference, you need to put... Numbers put, on the board. Put numbers on the board. Uh, Garrett's second question is, the MLS transfer window closes in six weeks. Do you expect any new signings or departures before then? I'm going to start out and say p- maybe a departure or two, but no new players coming in, I think. I would I would kind of agree with that. I'm The like two people that I could think of was uh, you know, Breck Shea. Yeah. Now, actually, he's been quite good coming off the bench. Absolutely. But again... I think we've talked about it a little bit already um, in previous podcasts where his contract is just way too much. Yeah. It for... just turns teams off, right? Even mm-hmm. He has a level of marketability about him because he's a mm-hmm. former U.S. men's national team player playing in the Premier League, but that salary is just yeah. not, not a salary cap and, team. And then the other person that I think when I was looking through the roster, I think Debbie Flores is still on our roster. <laughs> oh, probably. <Yeah. laughs> and I would, you know, I would hope that he can move on. Yeah. I like Debbie Flores. Yeah, yeah he was he was okay, but yeah. I it just didn't pan out. He's better know? than Jordan Smith. <laughs> uh, Gideon, what do you think? Transfers? Yeah. Uh, transfers in, no. Uh, I think our field, you know, is going to have to wait. I don't think you can't. You can really... You know, change up your squad early on in the season, or at least add a player. Is it might make, break up the chemistry that they built. Uh, departures, yeah, I think I have to agree with Nick. We might see Shago, if not now, either in the summer uh, or next transfer or next year. So I think there'll be a departure. Yes, at least one. Okay. Well, thanks, Gareth, for your question. Um, moving on, we've received news that um, Kai Kamara and um, Diong have been training this week, and it looks like both of them like would be able to play what do you guys think as far as decision to allow them to play Kamara had growing tightness you know at his advanced age you got to watch small injuries like that um and De Jong had that really scary um like situation with contusion yes yeah. um in Houston would this be a chance to give them a rest or get them I... back in there back to back on pace to play okay yeah because I think hold up play is going to be needed and there's going to be a lot of second balls that, you know, it would be great. Yeah. I should mention, too, that the Caps have two road games after this. So maybe that should be taken into account. I think De Jong is going to play because we don't have much at the back right now. We don't have uh, three center backs to play. I think for this game, Kamara will probably start on the bench, I think, anyways. Uh, because Blundell didn't play terrible in Atlanta. There's no reason to rush Shea back. As Joe mentioned, we have some tough away games. And Kamara plays pretty well on the road uh, in his MLS career. So I think that could play into it. And as well, I wouldn't mind seeing Blondell and Reyna play together. Um, we've had another question from Rituro. He asked Nick and I a football manager question, so we'll just ad- address that really briefly. He asked, if you were to recreate Robbo's, Robbo's favorite four-two-three-one in football manager, what player roles would you set for the eleven, and what tactical approach would you have? So, for those of you who don't know, uh, you can have mindsets in football manager. It's, it goes from like defensive to counter. I think he would. Robbo is more of a defensive man. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's so, what yeah. I think. 
as a box-to-box -box midfielder or, or and then a deep line, a deep line playmaker or something like that homing playmaker in well the, you'd have some am of some kind yeah, perhaps yeah or or winger on it yeah and in the back it's just uh not ball playing defenders yeah that's basically yeah <laughs> the only this uh part let's go through the lineup and Let's see if we can agree and or disagree on any specific positions. Um, mm -hmm. I forget. Did we all agree on a four-two-three-one? Was that the formation we thought it was yes. going to be? Yes. yes. Okay. Except for you, you you. I, I said I would be okay Come with on, a four-one-four-one, <laughs> but I think a four-two-three-one would be more attacking. So I'm going to go yeah. for that as well. Um, in goal, Marinovic, or do we give Brian Rowe a chance against I his think... old team? No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm sure Brian's okay there on the bench. One um, of these games, Joe. One of these games. One of these games. Left yeah. back, we see De Jong slot back in there. I think so, yeah. And Gideon, yeah? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, Mond and Aha in the back. That's really all you have. Like, if you said, <laughs> if you said that, like, two months ago to me that Mond and Aha would be starting in the back, I would have thought, like, the end of the world would have happened or something. Or <laughs> Waston was transferred. Traded. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. And Parker, too. Um, anyway, right back, Nerwinski or Franklin? Nerwinski. Yeah, Nerwinski. He hasn't done anything to, to yeah. lose that position. But Franklin needs his first game. This would be a good game for his first game, wouldn't it? Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, if, if he was to come in, I think he'd come in for Dion, not Nerwinski. Okay. Yeah. Isn't he primarily a right back? Or can he play yeah, left? Yeah, but he can, he's, he can play left back, yeah. Okay. Center mids for the 4-2 part. Um, Tybert and Juarez, I have. Anybody? Any other yeah. thoughts? I would, I would agree with that. I mean, Tybert, he's Dennis going forward that I think they'll need. Maybe Felipe could go there. Felipe yeah. could also go there. I mean, he, he showed... Yeah, there was a key pass. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a key pass. Um, Gideon... The only issue I have with Juarez is uh, his yellow cards that he's accumulated already this season. He's had two. Uh, that scares me a little bit just because it's tough to have a player suspended early on in the year with Gazal still out. Okay. Uh, but I think it's going to be Juarez and Tybert in this game, yeah, for sure. Okay, then, we'll move to the attacking midfield. Uh, the wide left position, I'd like to see Alfonso Davies there. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind that. You know, he has been our best player. Who's the I, alternative, Brekshay? Yeah, I mean, like, Brekshay has been good. He's come off the bench. He's done a good job, you know, uh, in the games. He scored a goal off the bench. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him. I mean, he yeah. gives a different dynamic, for sure. Gideon, uh, attacking midfielder on the left. Uh, Davies. Davies? Okay. Uh, in the middle, I think it's time to give Reyna a start, personally. I wouldn't mind seeing Felipe okay. a little bit more forward in yeah. this game. It really is becoming an issue how we fit those two players in. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it doesn't evolve into a bigger issue. But mm -hmm. uh, Gideon, what it's do you think? Good, it's a good thing, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing to have two players like that. Uh, Reyna, for sure. Okay. On the right, then, Teixeira, our, yeah. our home player. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. And up front, uh, I think Kamara. I think he's... If he's back, I, he's got to play. I would like to see Kamara again uh, up front, I think, would be good. I would love to see Kamara play. I, again, I'm just hesitant with the, the Goran issues because they're so hard to deal with and get over. And I think if Kamara's healthy, he'll play 100%. But if he's not, I think Blondell will start. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's been our uh, preview for the Whitecaps like, strategy before they um, approach this Ellie Galaxy game at home. Uh, before we move on to our uh, prediction game, patent pending, um, we're just going to go over a, uh, an article that came out today. Um, so every year the ESPN, ESPN do a confidential survey of MLS players. And every year, like, a bunch of players answer questions unless they play for NYCFC for some reason. And they all have to answer like, these hot topics that we, that we fans discuss, but we finally get to hear a player 
player's perspective. So I'll ask the question to Nick and Gideon, and they have to give us me. They have to give me a guess and tell me what they think the players would have said. So, um, what would um, the first question they were? One of the first questions they were asked is, um, "What part of the league would you get rid of? Like, what uh, aspect of the league do you think is something that they would change?" Mm-hmm. I think the way it was phrased was, "If you were the commissioner for a day, what would you change?" Oh, probably the free agency. Okay, <laughs> Gideon, what do you think? Uh, I think the uh, the breaks for international windows. Okay, both of those were part of the thing, but it was the salary cap system. Ah, thirty six percent. Yeah. Um. Do you think the players are pro pro rel or anti pro rel? I think they're probably pro rel. Okay, Gideon. I'll take pro rel for five thousand. <laughs> they were sixty two percent yes for promotion relegation. Okay. Um, yeah. Was VAR a positive or a negative thing? Mm. So there's three options, positive, negative, or too early to tell. I, I, I would guess that they would think it's positive. I feel like a lot of players have wanted something like this. I think with the outlash of a few decisions, I think it's a little bit negative to, for right now anyway. Okay, 58% positive, 29% say it's too early. Hmm. If the players were asked, do they need a new playoff format? What do you think they said? No. Yeah, I'm gonna go with no. Too. They sixty-one percent said yes. Oh, they didn't like the break. Wow. They didn't like the international break in the. In ah, the, uh, okay. Well, that, that's one oh, of the quotes. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay, I love these ones. Most overrated player. Most overrated player. <laughs> oh man. And these are usually spread out because I think they try and cast shade on other players. Um, but one guy had eleven percent of the votes. Eleven percent. Most overrated. Yeah. Mm. Wait, can I answer? Can I answer? Yeah. Josie Altador. Uh, he was third, tied for third with seven percent. Oh. Mm. Wow. So the number one was Giovanni Dos Santos, got eleven percent. Michael Bradley oh. got ten percent of the vote, <laughs> and tied on third with uh, Josie Altador was Giassi Tazardes. Hmm. Uh, most underrated player? What do you think the players said? Oof. That's a nice like title to have. Most underrated player, as voted by your peers. Most it was uh, Ignacio I- Ignacio Piatti, mm. uh, 7% oh, of the votes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dax McCarthy was second with mm. uh, 6% of the votes. Toughest opponent as voted by the players. Toughest opponent. Like toughest player or toughest? Toughest person to play against. Ah, toughest person to play against. Javinko hmm. was, was 10% of the vote. Tied with him was okay. David Villa. And Waston was, the four, was third place with 4% of the vote. Wow. And he's the highest ranked defender in the whole like uh, yeah. toughest opponent thing. <laughs> this was a good question. Do you understand MLS rules? No. <laughs> no. Only, Nobody does. Only fifty percent of the players said yes, and then like a bunch of them said like sort of. <laughs> okay. Uh, which coach would you like to play for? Twenty-three percent of them said the one coach. Uh, Vieira. Yeah, it was Patrice Vieira. And which coach would you least like to play for? Ooh, ooh. Ziggy <laughs> Schmidt. He, I think he was on the list. I can't um, remember though. Least like to play for. It was Wilmer Cabrera for Houston. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't write down the percentage, but I think it was quite high. Mm-hmm. Um, are you happy with the salary structure? Uh, no, probably. No. Yeah, eighty-two. Eighty-two no. percent said no. Hardest uh, stadium to play in? Ooh, probably. Hmm. Seattle. Seattle or Portland? I it was uh, Kansas actually. Kansas. I think, I think they're. Stand is really close to the field. Oh, so the blue cauldron. The blue cauldron creates yeah. a really good atmosphere. Okay, so we'll move on to the last part of our show. 
Um, it's our prediction game. So just to recap what happened last week, Nicholas got, triumphantly got two out of three and predictions. Almost got, <laughs> almost got the third one. So Felipe Sound did... The, <laughs> the end is nigh. <laughs> Felipe did have one key pass. The Caps did give away a penalty. But instead of having four or three offsides, the Caps had four offsides. That was your one, mm-hmm. one off. Um, Gideon also got two out of three, so that's really good. Um, the White Caps did give up a goal on the counter. I think it was Joseph Martinez's second goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. three, three yellow cards for the Caps. That's bang on. Yeah. And six saves from Aranovic. He only actually made one save. Ugh. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I said that Kai Kamara would not score a goal. He didn't play, so we're not even going to count that. Um, I said that Tybert would have a yellow card. He didn't play either. Um, Almiron would, did get an assist, so I got one point. So the season standings currently are Gideon and myself on four points, and Nick off off the mm-hmm. off his duck egg yeah. on with two points. All right. Um, so let's get your predictions for this week, Nick. Okay, I think the team uh, will have uh, twenty dribbles. The team will have the twenty. Team overall will have twenty dribbles. It's like you find the hardest stats for me to look up <laughs> after the game. Just gonna have a field like with key that passes and yes. so hard to like find a website that did key passes. Uh, a passing accuracy for the team overall will be around eighty percent. Okay. And the cap around okay. Yeah, give around us a plus plus minus two point five. Those were the metrics we yeah, said at plus the first minus show. Two point five. Yeah. Is yeah. that fair? Yes. I think that's yes. fair. And I believe the Caps will also score one goal before the half. Okay, good. Gideon, your three predictions. Nerwinski will put four crosses in the box, so with Ashley Colgan, he's going to get lots of room. Okay. Whitecaps score off a set piece. Okay. And Aha Rahman make a defensive blunder. Ooh. Okay, so is that like an error that they categorize it yes. as? Yeah, okay. an error. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. My three predictions are Kamara will hit the woodwork. Uh, Legette oh. will get a yellow card. And less than four corners for the LA Galaxy. Okay, um, right before we finish up, um, and you guys let people know where you can be found, Aaron Campbell has an unconventional question, followed by a more conventional question. That's why we left it towards the end. Is episode two, season two of Master of None, the best episode of any show ever made? I don't watch Master of None. Do any, any of you? I, I don't actually watch Master of None. Gideon? Aaron, no, wrong question, man. We don't watch Master or not. Wrong podcast. Aaron, you might want to direct your questions to uh, footy soldiers or from the back line or something. (laughs) They might have an answer. Um, Also, with all of LA LA Galaxy's players out this game, will the Caps let their guard down and not push forward, put forward the effort they should? I think probably. Joe has the crystal ball out and is saying probably. I think most likely. Um, Yeah, okay. So let's um, give our contact information to people if they would like to direct any shade towards us yeah space age robot 56 and before you do that michael mccall has a question for nick at what what stage at what stage does a robot stop being space age and is just a modern day that's a pretty good question now it depends on how we're defining modern day because modern day starts like pretty early like historically modern day (laughs) starts pretty early and the space age definitely started in like 1956 57 so, yeah. And you were, born, you were born in, like, 80s? I was born in, like, the 80s. <laughs> yeah, okay. So. Anyway, Gideon, where, where can people find you on Twitter? At GideonHell18 on Twitter. And you can find me at JoeDCVan. Thank you very much for listening. Please get in touch if you have any questions or you would like us to um, include anything that you would like and enjoy the game. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the World Service of a Saturday afternoon, friendly reception, interference, cosy... Marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, 
fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?